show with the best comedy was, ranking them, Seinfeld versus Friends. Now, I appreciate this because I know my church as a whole, not everybody, has good calm. And I know this because majority of you chose Seinfeld over Friends. And all the ones who are offended are being very quiet right now, looking at me. I'm not saying it's not a decent show. I'm just saying, comedy-wise, Seinfeld, there's, there's no comparison. Seinfeld versus uh, Friends. So, I appreciate that. You guys are still really quiet. So, that was for the secular people in here who watch TV like myself. But for the rest of you guys, you guys remember the song, A Friend's a Friend Forever. Any real Christians in here? Any old school believers in here? All right, I just wanted to response out of you guys. Because some of you didn't even vote on the TV. You're like, I don't watch TV. I'm too spiritual. I just sing Michael W. Smith songs and listen to the radio. That's all I do. But we've been talking about friends on Sunday morning. And uh, past couple weeks, we talked about this. We talked about how to choose your friends, how to choose the right friends. Uh, We talked about created for community how God created you to live in community and to be a part of a local church. That's the way God designed you. We talked about wise and foolish friends. And then last week, we talked about being knit together. Anybody remember that? We talked about being knit together. And we talked about one of the best friendships in the Bible, which was Jonathan and David, and they were covenant friends. Everybody say covenant friends. And that's the kind of friends we need is covenant friends. Friends that are there for us no matter what. Friends that want us to succeed and will do everything they can to make sure that happens. And it was an example. Last week we talked about being knit together and the importance of the right people in your life. And not just the right people, but covenant friends. Can I get amen? And being tied with the right people in your life will make the difference whether you win or lose, whether you uh, succeed or fail on who you're tied to. So being tied to the right people. And I just want to remind you of this again. Every podcast or every message that we ever preach on Sunday morning goes up on iTunes and it goes up on our church website. So you can listen to it anytime you want. And so that's been literally every message I've ever preached in the past two and a half years is on there. And of course, whoever's preached on Sunday morning, their messages are on there. Mr. Jim, you made the cut. You're on there. Uh, Pastor Nancy's on there. I mean, dad's on there. A lot of people are on there. So um, make sure if you want to listen to those, those are all free. You can go on our website and find it, or you can go on iTunes, podcast. That's the way I do it. I podcast people on my phone. And so you can go there and listen to those messages. If you wanted to hear me for the second time, because I know you all do, you're just like, man, I really love what he said, and I'm going to have to listen to this at least 10 more times this week. I know that's your thoughts every Sunday when you leave. The service is like, I would love to hear his voice about 10 more times this week because it was just such a great message. That was a joke. Okay. but So you can listen to that anytime you want. It's free. You don't got to pay for it on our website or on iTunes. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to Proverbs 18, 24, and we're going to start there today. This will probably be the last message in this friend series. I'm going to kind of wrap some things up and um, kind of talk about a few more verses that I didn't get to the other weeks about friendship. And so we're going to read here Proverbs 18, 24, and the New King James Version. I know different translations word it differently. But for this verse, I like the New King James. 
It says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, if you take your notes today, uh, the title of my message is The Fundamentals of Friendship. The Fundamentals of Friendship. That's what we're going to talk about today. And like I said, we're going to kind of wrap up the rest of these verses in Proverbs. We want to talk about friendship. Now, how many know what the fundamentals are? All right. The fundamentals. That means before you start doing all the fancy stuff and the backflips and the three-point shot, you need to know how to make a layup first. Let's start you with dribbling with one hand first. Let's start you at the beginner stage because you got to have the fundamentals right before you go any further. And a lot of times in, in stuff we teach on Sunday mornings or anytime you go to church, you guys want to know about the special stuff. The exciting stuff, the magical stuff, the, the magic wand Jesus stuff. You want to talk about all the spectacular stuff in the Bible. Now that stuff's in there, but you got to get the fundamentals down first before we go to that kind of stuff. And, and sometimes people don't want to talk about the fundamentals because people would say the fundamentals are boring. San Antonio Spurs. That's for the stumblers. Now, the San Antonio Spurs are like watching paint dry um, when you watch them play basketball. It's like watching grass grow. But they win championships, and they succeed every year because they're a team of fundamentals. Fundamentals. So fundamentals, even though sometimes not outwardly always exciting to see, it will win you championships. It will win games because it's the fundamentals. Now you're picking up what I'm laying down so far. So today we're going to talk about some just really basic stuff about friendship. So I don't want you to say, well, I just want something a little bit deeper than this. No, you need to get this stuff down first because this is the fundamentals of friendship. The fundamentals of friends. So that's what we're going to go today. And we're going to kind of wrap up some verses that I wanted to talk about, but I just didn't get to in the other messages. So Proverbs 18.24, let's read this again in the New King James Version. You with me so far? It says, uh, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the first thing we want to talk about is the first part of this verse. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. I know this is why you pay me to be your pastor, because this is going to be some deep stuff. Now, who would say they want friends in here? Most people. Now, just real simple, this verse says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, I want to tell you something about this, because the best place to find your friends would be the local church. Now, you can have friends other places. Don't you, Some people take what you say on, on Sunday mornings and and change it. But I'd never said don't have friends other places, just only have church friends. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying your best friends should be in church. Because they're covenant friends and they're going the same direction you're going. And the best place to find friends should be the local church. Now this is something that we have happen in not just this church, but every church on the planet. People want friends, which is good. But those same people 
Now, we're about to get real now. You guys are smiling so far. Those same people come late and leave early. So if someone was to be your friend, they would have to tackle you in the parking lot. And then you would get offended because you got tackled in the parking lot because they were trying to be your friend. And we need to get honest with ourselves. If we want friends, we must be friendly. He who has friends, I know this is real simple, but this is fundamentals of friendship. Because some of you want more friends than you have right now. Some of you want new relationships. Some of you want some better godly friends, covenant friends in your life. Well, this is a fundamental to start with. He who has friends must himself be friendly. That means come early to church, not come late. That means don't rush out the doors like you're trying to beat everybody to Asian buffet. And you know you're going to have some stomach issues if you go to Asian buffet anyways. So what's the rush? Trust me, there'll still be food there when you get there. It'll be nice and cold by the time you eat it. But we know this. Don't just rush out of church and then say, people aren't friendly. Now, I haven't experienced this yet because you guys aren't bold enough to talk to me like this. But people have actually told my father, who pastored for 30 years here, your church isn't friendly. And those same people would come late and leave early every service. They would never come to a fellowship. They would never come to a life group. They would never get in the ministry of helps. They would never do jack squat. But they're the ones who say that nobody's friendly. Maybe you're not friendly. Maybe you're not friendly. I'm not talking about you. We're talking about the people that don't go here, right? So you can say amen to this. Now, how many know just by a raising of your hands, that makes no sense? Okay, do we have any common sense people in here? That makes no, Justin Dirksen, why aren't you raising your hand right now? You need to raise it up. And maybe he was the one who said it to dad. I don't know. Joking, joking, maybe. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Common sense. I mean, we're not even preaching spiritual sense at this point on Sunday mornings. Just common sense. Just basics of living in the planet at this point. So if you want friends, you must be friendly. So try something. Don't show up at 1030 when the praise and worship is already going on and leave before I end praying. How about you come a few minutes early? Because you know what? We're going to get to the place here that there's going to be lines around this church to get into a service. So if you come late, you're not going to even get in the building. And I'm not going to feel sorry for you because you're late. Does anybody believe that? I'm not just talking here. So we need to think about this. Do I come early? Do I talk to anybody? Do I stay afterwards? Or do I rush out like I'm that important of a person? No, you're not. You're important, but not that important that you need to leave immediately as soon as somebody says amen. You're not the president of the United States. You're not the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You're just going to McDonald's to eat, people. You could stay a little bit afterwards and talk to somebody. Why? Because if you want friends, you have to act interested. (laughs) You must be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And I know some of you want the right people in your life. 
this verse. It's a good place to start. You want to grow your friendships? This verse is a good place to start. You want new people in your life, the right people, covenant people, the right friends? This verse is a good place to start. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Okay, we're going to, we're going to try something. It's going to be interactive. Now, now, this applies not just to church. This applies to everywhere else. You know, on your job, don't come in with a bad attitude every day. <laughs> come late, leave early, have a bad attitude, and then expect you to have a bunch of friends at your job. This applies to every part of your life. Don't come into school down, depressed, you hate the world every day, and then you say, well, I don't have any friends at school. I wonder why. A man who has friends must himself. Now, the reason sometimes we don't like verses like this is because we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And we just can't blame everybody else for being mean, which we want to do. But a verse like this has to take inventory of ourselves and take personal responsibility and say, maybe I'm not nice to people. That's why I don't have friends. Maybe I've separated from some people. I don't call back. I don't text back. I don't respond back. And then I wonder why I don't have friends. That's why. Oof. It hurts so good, doesn't it? A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, once again, this applies to every area of your life, everywhere you go. You want friends there? You want favor there? You want favor at your job? You want favor at your school? You want favor wherever you go in the community? Be friendly. Be a person who walks in the joy of the Lord. Hmm, a Christian. Who walks in the love of God. Who actually is excited to be living. I didn't say everything was going right in your life. I didn't say everything was enjoyable. But you are saved. You do have the living God living on the inside of you. You are going to heaven. You at least got a few things to be joyful about on this planet. You do have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you to help you with everything you do. There is some good things going for you here, guys. And we need to, wherever we go, if we want friends and we want favor, we need to be friendly. And not a fake friendly, because I don't like fake Christian friendly. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, some of you guys used to be that way. You want me to try it on you? Okay. So you ask me how I'm doing. How you doing? <laughs> I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Praise God. I'm so glad to be at church. No, you, you, you're fake. You're fake. No, 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 no. You're fake. You already cussed three times before you went to ch church today. You already screamed at the kids. No, don't play games. Don't. Just because you think there's the confession police creeping behind your back at church. You know, that, that's not real. Now, I'm not saying be negative about everything. Well, I'm doing horrible. Praise God. <laughs> but don't be fake. You don't have to be fake. Be real. Because there's really the joy of the Lord's on the inside of you. Tap into it. There's the peace of God on the inside of you. There's the presence of God on the inside of you. And if you want friends, you have to be friendly. Come on, are you getting something today? I want something more spiritual. No, you need this first. A man who has friends must himself 
be friendly. All right, so this is going to be interactive. We're going to practice faces when we go into a public place, okay? Let's just say church, school, job, Walmart, your gym, anywhere. Okay, we're going to practice this. Some of you guys don't do this often, but it's a sign of joy. Now, what it, what's, the, what's the song say? If you're happy and you know it, then you're... What? What will, what will show? Your face first. A lot of times people are intimidated by your face. That's why they don't talk to you. They're intimidated because you come in looking grumpy, looking mad. Like, I would like to talk to them, but they look scary right now. So let's practice this because I know I've been in the same category. We don't mean to look that way. It's just sometimes our face looks that way. So we're going to practice smiling. Okay, on three, you're going to look at your neighbor and you're going to smile at them by faith. One, two, three. Don't you feel better? Do you feel better already? All right, we're going to try this again. Not everybody's participating. We're going to try this again on, on three. Find somebody to smile at. We're practicing this. If you can't do this right now, you can't do this outside of church. Okay? We're practicing this. One, two, three. Smile. Smile. See, look. When someone smiles at you, you want to smile back. And we're going to practice this wave at somebody. Wave at somebody. Wave at somebody. See, don't you feel better about yourself? We're practicing being friendly. Being friendly. Okay. See, look. Was that that hard to, to do that? A man or woman who has friends must himself be friendly. So you want friends? Come early. Stay late. Get in a life group. Get in a ministry of helps. Be a part. And when you do that, I guarantee you, you will have friends. And the right friends. And let's just be honest with ourselves. A lot of times when we say we have no friends, we don't take a look at ourselves first. We just blame it on everybody else. But a man or woman who has friends must himself be friendly. Think of it this way. So, we believe in sowing and reaping, right? It's a principle in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, it says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. And it will remain, as long as this earth remains, there will be sowing and reaping. We always pertain that to money. But that pertains to anything in your life. Anything in your life. If you want something, you have to sow into it. So, if you want friends, you have to be a friend. Because I'm sowing for what I want. So maybe you need to step out of your comfort zone and you be the bigger person and you be the person who's friendly first and stop waiting on everybody else to come to you. Maybe you say, I'm sowing for good covenant friends in my life, so I'm going to pursue some relationships. And I'm going to try to be a good friend first, even if they don't respond back to me immediately, because I'm going to sow into this. And when I sow, I'm going to reap. Instead of waiting at home, expecting everybody else to call you, everyone else to text you, everyone else to, to contact you and say, let's go do something. Why don't you be the person who sows? And when you sow, you're going to reap. 
But you're not going to reap money back. You're going to reap friends back. You're going to reap friendship back. Are you following what I'm saying today? So let me challenge you with that when you leave here today. If you've been feeling lonely, what are you sowing for? Are you sowing for friendships? Are you sowing for relationships? Are you just waiting on everybody else to contact you? It doesn't go like that. The reason I have friends, you know why? Because I pursue friends. I text people all the time. Too much, my parents say. I call people all the time. I'm talking to people all the time. Why? Because I want good friends. And I can't just sit at home and wait for everybody else to contact me. I'm sowing for what I want. Now, all you introverts in here, step out in faith. Now, I realize I'm an extrovert. Like, I need people. Like, when I'm home by myself too long, I start feeling weird. I'm like, I got to get out of this house. I need to talk to other human beings. Some of you are the opposite. Yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures. Mom, let's talk. It's really bad. I've been home for way too long. I mean, that's after I went through 90 other people in my contact list. No, I'm joking. Kind of. Yeah. In hearing, I know God didn't design us all the same way. There's extroverts in here. There's introverts in here. There's all sorts of styles of people. But that's still not an excuse for not needing people. Because everybody in here needs people. Now, you might not need it as much as I need it, but you still need people. And you still need to be friendly. So let's not use our personality types as an excuse for being grumpy and mean to people and isolating ourselves. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm saying you could do that. Saying, well, this is just the way I am. Well, that could be the way you are, but you still need people. No matter what type of person you are, you still need the right friends. You still need people. You still need that fellowship. You need that friendship. And a man or woman who wants friends must himself be friendly. So you got to sow for what you want. Just like we talk about the offering, you sow you reap. Friendships, you sow, you reap. So take that challenge today. If you want friends, be the initiator. Be the person who steps out. Call some people, text some people. Sow for what you want. And be a friendly person. And if you're not a friendly person, tell them you go to Northside and not Church on the Rock. Laugh, it's hilarious. Some of you are like, really? Graceland, wherever, just not here. I'm joking. But a man or woman who has friends must himself be friendly. Let's look at this verse, the second part. It says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Everybody say sticky friend. That's what you need. You need a friend, and you need to be this type of friend, kind of like we mentioned last week, a covenant friend, someone who sticks by you no matter what's going on. They stick by you through the good, through the bad. Whatever's happening in your life, they are sticking with you. They're a covenant friend. 
So what does it say? There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Closer than a brother. So he's saying this type of friend is a friend that's not just a friend who's on just one level, but he's as close to you as your own family. And that's really what the Bible talks about when it talks about covenant friends, that they should be as close to you as family. He says it will stick, they will stick closer to you than a brother. So whatever's going on, you need to be this type of friend, but you need people in your life that will stick with you no matter what. That's a covenant friend. And they stick to you closer than a brother. Let's read Proverbs 18, 24 in the message. Love the way it says it in the message Bible. Friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. Everybody say it's family. Now, we need to understand this, that God's design was the church is a family. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the family of God on the earth. And the friendships you develop, especially in the house of God, should be family. It should be that close of a relationship, like it says, but a true friend sticks by you like family. That's why I love it. It says, and you could write this down in 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2 in the New King James Version. It says, speaking to Timothy, who was a church leader, he was a pastor. Paul said to Timothy, I want you to treat the older men like fathers. And I want you to treat the younger men like brothers. I want you to treat the older women like mothers. And I want you to treat the younger women like sisters. Why? Because it's family. And the church of Jesus Christ is a family. It's the family of God. That's why he says when you come into church, you should see each other as not just I go to church with them. Or yeah, they're a good friend. No, you're my family. Now, some of you don't see it that way, and you don't get the benefits out of it. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying ignore or neglect your natural family. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying a spiritual connection is deeper than a blood connection, is deeper than a natural connection. And you shouldn't be loyal to just natural blood. The only blood I'm loyal to is the blood of Jesus. Family or no family, I'm only loyal to him. Come on now, somebody. I know we got a lot of Midwest traditional thinking in us, but the only blood I'm loyal to is the blood of Jesus. And that's who my family is, whether it's natural or not. Now, hear what I'm saying, because some of you are going, mm. I got a verse for you in a second, and Jesus said it. We should treat each other that way. I don't see any difference, and I'm not just saying this because I'm preaching this, this is my uncle, right here. Actually, technically, he's my godfather. I'm not joking on that part. I have natural uncles that are alive in this planet. I don't know them. They're not my family. He's my family. Brother Les, he's my family. Chad, that's my brother. I don't have a natural brother. This is my brother. I see no difference in Jessica Boger and Chad Steele. They're both family equal. That's the way you should think about your church family. No difference. 
No difference. It's family. What did he say? Treat the older men like fathers. Treat the older women like mothers. Treat the younger men like brothers. Treat the uh, younger women like sisters. Why? Because the church is a family. And you should see it like that. It's not just friends. It's family. And it says a true friend sticks closer than a brother. A true friend is like family. And that's the way we should see each other as a church family. Not just acquaintances and people you know from church. It's family. And we should be that loyal to each other as we would our natural family. Who are you loyal to? The only blood I'm loyal to is the blood of Jesus, not Jacob's blood. God bless them. I don't know half of them. I got a verse for you. You ready for it? Jesus said it. Brace yourself. Matthew 12, 46 through 50 in the message. Now, this is a time where Jesus was preaching and his mom and his brothers came in to interrupt his preaching. This is what he said. While he was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers showed up. And they were outside trying to get a message to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are out here wanting to speak with you. Now, this is the message translation. And Jesus didn't respond directly, but said, who do you think my mother and brothers are? He then stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, look closely. Now, who's he pointing to? His disciples, who are not his natural family. Look closely. These are my mother and brothers. Listen to the next line. Obedience is thicker than blood. Come on, did somebody get that or not? Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys my heavenly father's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now that's Jesus. Once again, I'm not talking about disrespecting your natural family, but sometimes you need to make a decision if your natural family is hurting you, you've got to have to separate. You're going to have to get some space. Not that you disown them and don't talk to them. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, where do your loyalties lie? Jesus said it himself. And Jesus wasn't being disrespectful. Jesus and his own mom, Mother Mary, And his brothers came and interrupted his message. And they said, your mom and your brothers are here. What did he say? Who is my mother and brother? And then he goes on to say, my real family, what is he saying? My mother and brother and sisters are they who do the will of God. That's my family. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That's my family. And you need to think it the same way. Who is my family? The people that are pursuing God, that's my family. The people that are pursuing a call of God on their life, that's my family. The people that are in a local church, that's my family. The people that are not afraid to worship God, that's my family. The people that are in their Bible, that's my family. Not just my natural family, my spiritual family. Now, if you don't believe me, believe Jesus. That's what he said. Red letter. He wasn't disrespecting his own natural family, but he was saying, I'm going to be faithful and loyal and stick close to people who are pursuing God's will more than just natural things. 
I know this is hard for you guys. We all live in the Midwest. There's a lot of loyalty to family. But we got to think spiritually about this. You got to think spiritually about this. Who is your family? Who should you be listening to? Well, I got to listen to them. They're my family. No, you don't. You can be respectful of them, but doesn't mean their advice is good advice. <laughs> Look at their life. You got any fruit in your life? No, I'm not listening. But who is your real family? Jesus said, who is your mother? Who is your father? Who is your brothers? Who is your sister? Who is your aunts and uncles and cousins? It's the people that are pursuing the will of God. That's who I'm loyal to. That's who I'm faithful to. I will honor and respect my natural family the best I can. And hopefully they'll be a part of what's going on in my life. And they'll be pursuing the same things. But if they're not, I'm not going to be loyal to them for the reason that I'm going to backslide myself. For the sake of family and blood. Jesus said obedience is thicker than blood. That's what Jesus said. Now, hopefully you're hearing my heart here. I'm trying to give you the balance view of this. Hopefully you're receiving what I'm saying. But obedience is thicker than blood. And the Bible says that we should have friends, what, that are family, that stick closer to a brother, that are a spiritual connection, and it's family. Those are the people that you should be sticking close to are the people, what, that are pursuing God's will. So we should be just like those people that is mentioned here. Jesus said to his disciples, this is my family. Those who are after the will of God. Those that are pursuing the things of God. And that's where your heart and loyalty should be to people like that. Respect everyone, love everyone, but who are you going to stick close to? That's what he's talking about here. Who's going to be your best friends? Who are you going to let speak into your life? It needs to be people like this that are going in the direction you're going, pursuing the will of God. You hear my heart today? So the church should be a family. We should see each other that way. There should be no separation between your natural family and this family. No, it's, it's all family. And I really believe, honestly, a spiritual connection is deeper than any other connection in life. It's deeper than a physical connection, an emotional connection, a natural connection. A spiritual connection is a deeper connection. And that's what God wants to do in your life, send you those type of covenant faithful, sticky friends. All right, let's go on. Proverbs 16, 28 in the New Living. You guys still here? Okay, a few more verses. Oh, we're just jumping right into this. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Let that not be us. And gossip separates the best of friends. Now, once again, what is this? It's the fundamentals of friendship. I'm just giving you some fundamentals that you need to know about your friendship. Here's a good one. Don't gossip about people if you want friends. <laughs> what does it say? A gossip separates 
the best of friends. Be a trustworthy friend. If a friend tells you something in confidence, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. You want to lose friends quickly? When someone tells you something important and you spread it to other people, you're going to lose friends rapidly. And sometimes, honestly, you might not ever get them back because people don't trust you. So if we want to be a good friend, now once again, we want the fundamentals of friendship, we're going to have to be someone who's trustworthy as a friend. Not be a gossip. Not be a strife giver. Now I'm going to turn it up a notch here. You ready for this? This church, Church on the Rock, has been this size of church for a long time. Now we're not a big church. Not yet. We're a decent sized church. Really a lot of times if you look on the statistics of churches in America, a lot of churches are around 100 to 200 people. So that's us. We got a little bit over 200 people at Church on the Rock. So we have a smaller church. Now there's one thing that goes with a smaller church that's kind of a stereotype, but the reason stereotypes are sometimes funny is because they're true to some level. And there's a stereotype about smaller churches is that everybody knows everybody's business. Kind of like a stereotype about a small town. Everybody knows everybody's business. And it can be true for us if we let it be. But at Church on the Rock, we're not going to be that type of church. Why? Because we're not trying to stay a small church. We're trying to be a church who reaches people. We're trying to be a region-changing church. We're trying to be a church that is out there in the community, not staying at 200 people the rest of our life. But there's something that happens with a small church. It's called a small church mentality. That most of you have on accident, not on purpose, just from being in a small church your whole life. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not judging anybody here because we all have it. And it kind of says something like this. Well, we've always kind of done it this way, and we've always kind of thought this way, and it's just kind of comfortable, and we just all kind of know each other. And it's this small church mentality that gets into us, and it actually hurts us from growing personally but growing as a church family. But one of the main things that I see that happens with that small church mentality is you feel the right to know everybody's business at Church on the Rock, and you don't. I'm just trying to be a pastor here on Sunday morning. This is all I'm trying to be. You don't need to know that information. And you know what happens is a church our size Gossip travels really quickly. Stories travel really quickly. And what happens? It separates the best of friends. Are you hearing me on Sunday morning? I know you can't say amen when I'm stepping on toes. (laughs) Hear me here. There's some people in our church that don't talk to other people. Why? Gossip separates the best of friends. If that's you, you need to apologize to people. 
you need to forgive some people. Because it can happen, especially, hear me, in a small church, everyone feels the right to know everybody's business, and you don't. You don't have that right. If you're friends with that person, ask that person. Don't ask other people around that person. If you're close enough to them, then they would tell you if you needed to know. But don't ask other people or other leaders for information. Don't get together at life group or at lunch and say, well, tell me about so-and-so. I just have a prayer request (laughs) on my heart, and I need to know. No. You want to be a good friend and you want people to trust you? Be trustworthy. Don't tell people stuff to other people. Don't share information about other people they don't need to know. And don't gossip about others. Don't try to get information out of certain people. Why do we do that? It's not because we care. It's because we want to make ourselves look better. You know why we do it? When you hear something bad about somebody else, what does it do? It makes you feel better about yourself. All right. It's about lunchtime anyways, guys. All right, Miss Donna, she's the only person who said I'm preaching good. Does anybody else agree with her? Okay, I was just wondering for a second. Everybody's like, nope, he's off now. He was on it for a second, but he is gone now. No. Here in my heart, I know this is real talk on a Sunday morning, but do we want to grow as a church? Do we want to grow as individuals and not be a person who everyone separates from you because they know you're the town gossip? Let me tell you a little something I learned over the past couple years as the lead pastor. Okay? When I was 18 years old, I took over the quarry. So I've been dealing with youth and young adults for all these years. But then I knew information about people because I was the leader of that group. But then I became the lead pastor. So I used to have to deal with teenage mess on the floor. Now I got adult-sized mess on the floor (laughs) that I'm supposed to clean up. But I want to tell you something. As a person who's in the know, you don't want to know. Trust me on this. You don't want to know. This is what I say sometimes when something comes in the office. Brother Sean, Miss Donna, if it's not good, I don't want to know. Hopefully you're hearing what I'm saying because you think you want to know. Don't we all? We want to know the juicy gossip. That's why you buy the magazines you do. That's why you get on social media like you do. Why? Because you want to know the gossip, the information, what's happening. Give me the juicy details. You don't want to know. (laughs) Are you hearing me today? And I'm just saying as your pastor who's been in this position for a few years now, I used to just hear part of the story. Now I hear a lot of things because I'm the person who has to deal with it. You don't want to know. Trust me. It's better for your own state of mind that you don't know everybody's business. (laughs) It's better for you. Trust me. 
It's not something like, I wish I was Pastor Jordan so I knew everybody's business at church. No, you don't. And you know why? Because I'm not as developed as dad is. I'm just talking really real right now. I, I need to stop before I say something I shouldn't. I'm not as developed as dad is. And he can cast his cares on God better than I can. And I care too much about people. So you know what happens? I go home and my stomach hurts. <laughs> and I got headaches and I can't sleep. Why? Because I care about people. You don't want to know that information. Because I care about people. So trust me, it wouldn't help your life to know everybody's business. It would just upset you. Trust me, I, I just don't, I'm getting there. Don't judge me. I'm getting there. Maybe you guys are already developed and casted cares a little bit better than me. Dad's got 40 years of this. I'm not as developed as that. So what happens? I take the care on myself. So trust me, you don't want to know. And more importantly than that, you don't need to know. Because a true friend is trustworthy, not a gossip, not trying to get information out of people. And don't idolize people who are in the know. You don't want to know. You're not called to deal with it. You're not called to handle it. And even people that are called to, like myself, sometimes it's upsetting. But that's just responsibility you got to deal with. I'm just saying just like anything in life, when we don't have something, it looks better. The grass always looks greener when we're not experiencing it. I wish I knew this. I wish I was in this position. You don't. Somber in this Methodist church this morning. I'm just talking real today. So let's not be a gossip church. Let's not be people that spread strife and rumors. Let's be trustworthy. And you know what? If you do hear something about some, somebody that's disturbing, you need to talk to a leader, not to other people. That's the right way to handle it. And you just pray for them yourself without sharing that with other people. Now, that's what a true friend and a true follower of Jesus does. They don't spread gossip. Let's look at Proverbs 27, 17, last verse today. I appreciate you guys listening to me. This is kind of a funny side note. You guys want to lighten up for a second? Because I'll tell you if you want to know. <clears throat> I've said this in the office many times, and I'm going to, compliment you again brother Les brother Sean and Miss Donna are talking to me about stuff and I go three years ago I thought everybody was like brother Les around here <laughs> I'm in shock <laughs> I was thinking everybody was brother Les taking communion at their house every day in the word <laughs> nope <laughs> all right that was a joke but I do say that in the office man I thought everybody was brother Les maybe not <laughs> we can only hope one day it's a compliment, Brother Les. We love you. So Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, 
So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Now let's look at the next one in the Passion, I believe. The Passion Bible. It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, so a friendly argument can sharpen a man. I'm talking today as we close here about you need to be a friend, but you also need these people in your life that are friends that sharpen you. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend. I just want to ask you some questions, and you don't have to give the answer out loud. But you need to be around people that make you think. You need to be around people that challenge you. You need to be around people that when you leave that conversation, you feel encouraged. You feel faith-filled. You feel like you can pursue your dreams. You feel like you can do anything. You feel like you need to step up and change some things and do some things differently. You need some friends like that in your life because that's iron sharpening iron. And if we want to be, you heard this term, you want to be sharp, you're going to have to be around some sharp people. You can't always be the smartest person in the room. Because if you are, you need to change rooms. You need to be around some people that intimidate you. You need to be around some people that make more money than you. You need to be around some people that are more educated than you. You need to be around some people that know the Bible better than you. Because as iron sharpens iron, so a man or a woman sharpens their friend. Be around people that challenge you, that build you up, that encourage you. And we need to be those type of friends, but we need those friends in our lives. But you know what happens? That's not comfortable to be friends with people like that, is it? That's why we go back to our old friends and our old circle because they don't challenge us. They don't challenge us to pursue that career. They don't challenge us to get an education. They don't challenge us to pursue the calling of God for our life. They don't challenge us to do anything but watch Netflix and eat pizza. Once again, it's funny at 11, but it's not funny when you're 35. It's not funny when you're 50. Be around some people that sharpen you. Find those people. You can find them in this church, but if you know some people at your job that are smarter than you, go talk to them. Go take them out for coffee. Go eat with them. If you know someone who makes more money than you or they've pursued a dream and they're an entrepreneur and they started a business, go talk to those people. Go buy them coffee. Go buy them food. Go say, I want to know what you know. If you can't do that, you can go buy a book at the bookstore about business, about architecture about anything you need to know you can read a book what is that doing iron sharpens iron and you could read a book by someone you don't even know but what are they doing they're sharpening you just by reading their words on a page you can listen to a podcast which are free and there's thousands of podcasts online that you can listen to about any subject you can imagine and you can learn Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? And we need to be people like that, that iron sharpens iron. First of all, that we would desire to be that for other people, but we need to have that desire to be sharpened by other people around us. And once again, we have to pursue that. You want it? Sow into it.
You want to be sharp? Sow into that because you're going to reap it back. Hopefully I'm challenging you this morning. Be around some people that sharpen you, that sharpen you, that make you better, that challenge you. We mentioned this last week. A lot of times those people are going to be different than you. You want to know something? How does iron get sharp? Rubbing together. Now, what is it when it rubs together like that? It's called friction. That means you're not always going to agree with that other person. Friction. But what's happening? You're getting sharp. Now, if you're both dull, there's no friction. But if you're both sharp, there's going to be some friction. There's going to be some disagreements. There's going to be some, I think differently about this than you do. That's good because it's sharpening one another. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Be around some people that sharpen you. Pursue those relationships. I don't know about you, but I've been around people before. Every time you leave conversation with them, you feel dull. You feel dull. You feel less inspired, less encouraged, less hopeful, less faith-filled, less like pursuing your dreams. Don't be around people like that. Don't be around some dull people. Be around some sharpening people, some people that sharpen you. Pursue those relationships. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Let us be those people and let us pursue those relationships. That's God's will that we would be around people like that that would sharpen us to help us fulfill our calling, to pursue those dreams that God put in our heart, to be someone who actually does something with their life. We have to have those relationships to do that. How many know we can't do it by ourselves? We have to have somebody doing that to us. Some would call it a mentor or a pastor or a friend, whatever you want to call it. We need those relationships because no one is a self-made person. We need each other and we need the right people. Did you guys get anything today? Come on, let's stand up for a second. We're going to pray today.